from the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey. This is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Um, and this is a very unique podcast, one I never thought I was doing, but when I make someone a promise, I have to follow through. Jordan Brickman's back with us. Hello, Jordan. Hey, Jeremy. How you doing? Uh, as much as I would love to talk, I'm fine, by the way, as much as I would love to talk to you about Carmelo and whether his defensive skills have risen up in the bubble, that's not why you're on the show today. You're on, you're on the show today because we're going to uh, talk UFC, which is a topic I never thought I would ever talk about in this podcast, but I watched part of a fight card and I have questions. So Jordan's here, he's a big fan of UFC, and his brother is here, Aaron Brickman, who is the biggest UFC fan I think anybody knows around here. So welcome, Aaron, to Teeing It Up. Thank you, and if I might add for a moment, as Brock Lesnar exclaimed in his post-fight interview, with Joe Rogan at the Target Center after securing his first ever UFC victory in a dominant 30-26 performance over Heath Heron in August of 2008. Can you see me now? Can you see me now? I can see you. I can see the passion. And that leads to my first question, which is, Aaron, you, you told me recently it's been a decade where this has been your favorite sport. Where did this love come from? What's the backstory here? Yeah, great question, Jeremy. And thank you in all seriousness for having me and my brother on. Um, I think part of my evolution um, and adopting uh, being such a strong MMA fan and at surpassing baseball in the number one slot um, in my sports fandom came from being a childhood pro wrestling fan. Um, not just because maybe I found as the years went by that pro wrestling was perhaps a bit too predictable um, and in looking in favor for the shoot-based fighting, the non-scripted-based performing and competing in mixed martial arts. Um, and that, that happened for a lot of pro wrestling fans when The Ultimate Fighter debuted on Spike TV in 2005, which really kind of was a groundbreaking show for the sport of MMA and for UFC and really helped to dig UFC out of its financial hole. Uh, that, if people forget, that program aired on Monday nights on Spike after Monday Night Raw. And Vince McMahon, the CEO and chairman of WWE at the time, uh, he had say on what programs followed Monday Night Raw on Spike. And he could have said, no, I do not want any other combat sports or wrestling type programs to follow my audience on Monday Night Raw that I have developed over the years. But he said, sure, go ahead, UFC, go ahead. I think a lot of fans uh, either over the years left pro wrestling in favor of MMA or took on MMA uh, on top of being a pro wrestling fan. So a lot of my fandom, A, came from the evolution uh, from being, and I still am, to be honest with you, a pro wrestling fan. And also I've always kind of liked 
fighting, <laughs> you know, um, I, you know, whenever there's a baseball game, less so now, but, you know, I remember coming home in the summer 2004, turn the TV on in my parents' uh, kitchen and seeing the A. Rod, Jason Veritek, Yankees, Boston Red Sox brawl. Um, so I was always excited about fights. I always was bummed out in middle school and high school when I would hear that there was a fight between two kids in the hallway between classes. Oh, I missed another fight again. I was looking forward to that one. So I don't know. Fighting just always... Um, synced well with my personality. Uh, speaking of personalities, um, as Jordan can attest, the sport of MMA um, really has a lot of fun and diverse personalities amongst the promoters and amongst the fighters. You have fighters who have kind of taken a page out of the Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen playbook in terms of really talking to draw interest in their sports and you have others that are a lot more modest like a Habib Nurmagomedov who will be competing in a couple of months um, who are a lot more humble and quiet so sorry for the long answer but it's something that really just has worked well with my interests and what I look for in entertainment and sports How did and, you to and, and, and to add to that Every fight, every event, every card is different. It's not, oh, I know what's going to happen here. Every fight has different stakes, different personalities, and different styles. So then how did you get involved in this, Jordan? Because as long as I've known you, it's been basketball, baseball. Yeah, I mean, obviously being Aaron being my older brother, you know, he would always talk about it and show me fights and things like that. And, and my interest has been a little bit more gradual in the sport um you know i started off really like john jones i'm attracted i'm attracted to dominance in in sports um and john jones was kind of like the Le when he started kind of still is the lebron james of the sport not so much in terms of personality but in terms of being bigger faster stronger than everybody else um so i used to just watch his fights in college and then you know once you watch one person's fights then when you fight someone interesting you get to know that person and then you start to follow their fights and then conor mcgregor's rise um, really got me into into MMA a, a lot more. Um, you know, I, I, I just to, to uh, I guess echo one of Aaron's points. I love the big personality. You know, Connor. I, I love I love the personality he brings to the game. I love his he has a very exciting fight style. And I also love you know in other sports, you know, people can talk trash to each other and you know maybe they hit all run or strike the person out or hit a jump shot over them or block their shot and and fighting in an MMA, literally a, essentially a fight to the death. Um, so if you're going to talk trash, you really have to back it up and in a, in a, in a very meaningful way. So I, I really like that aspect of the sport. You know, when people say, like, you know, come see me, it's not because I'm going to cross you over, it's because I'm going to try to knock you out or kick you in the head or break your arm. Um, and I, I think that's kind of an, an awesome aspect of it. And then getting more into Connor, to, to use the point I made before, I started to learn the people he was fighting, and then all of a sudden I know people in multiple weight classes, and then... Uh, honestly, I, my fandom was growing, and during the pandemic, my fandom has probably quadrupled. Um, I've watched basically every event. Um, I, I've an interest in, in every single, um, basically, big-name big, big fighter. I, I, I'm in tune with the news, so um, it's been a really good time to kind of hone in on the sport right now, partially because they were the only sport going on for a little bit, but also because I've always been kind of interested in, in the sport, and, and now I, I, uh, I would consider myself a hardcore fan at this point. 
We're talking to Jordan and Aaron Brickman about their love of, of UFC as uh, UFC 252 comes up this weekend on ESPN pay-per-view um, and UFC pay-per-view for that um, um, as well. You know, what's interesting about this, Jordan, is something you brought up before or, or just now, which is the violence aspect of it. And we've seen a sea change in this country over the last... Um, five, six years, and this question is, is for Aaron, but it's jumping off of JB's point, of concussion, CTE, long-term damage, and these are fights to the death, and these are really aggressive fights. And I remember when I watched the fight card a couple weeks ago, which we'll get into in a second, uh, dinner came and I had walked away um, to, to eat, and when I came back in front of the TV, somebody was bleeding profusely, and everybody knowing me and my tendencies were like, Look away, go back outside, look away, get out of here. Um, so is it at all tough to watch what you're watching, knowing the long-term effects that could be happening here, or have you been able to separate the two over the years? You know, I, I do get that aspect that there are some fights that are more gruesome and bloody than others. Um, blood used to be... Um, a decade or so ago, a much larger, significant part of the UFC uh, promotion, in terms of including blood splatter on their commercials um, and the like. Um, but I'm someone for call, call me crazy or weird, who's never been too skittish. Um, I like watching the needle go into my veins when I draw blood at the doctor's office. Um, I don't mind, you know, if I see a baby squirrel, you know, flattened on the interstate by 18-wheeler, I don't get, you know, my stomach turned over. Um, but I do get it, you know, when Anderson Silva broke his leg, when Chris Weidman checked his kick um, several years ago, a lot of people in the room looked away. <laughs> I did as well, but I didn't mind seeing the, the replays. Um, now, there are a lot of fights like the Aljamain Ster Sterling Corey Sanhagen fight that took place uh, two months ago, where I don't think really any significant strikes were, th were thrown, and the fight ended with the submission in the first round. Um, so it is gruesome, of course, like any combat sport, like football, even like soccer. Um, there, there are things like concussions and longer-term CTE. But in terms of training, it's a lot safer of a sport than boxing because you're not just taking blows, um, striking blows to the head every day. You are wrestling, you're practicing BJJ, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you're practicing Judo, um, all types of different combat sport disciplines. Um, as I mentioned, there are, there are many, many fights and matches where the predominant amount of time within the competition is spent on the ground grappling or competing uh, for a submission. So I do get it's not for everyone. The, the, the uh, UFC was with Fox for, I believe, seven years. They've now been up with a broadcast partner with ESPN, which is great, for the last year and a half. At this point, I almost believe, or I want to believe, if you are not on board the MMA bandwagon, if it's not a sport for you, even after having the likes of Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor, 
come into the sport um, and are not on board yet, I don't know what's going to do it for you. This might not be the sport for you. We're talking to Jordan and Aaron Brickman about their love of UFC and then UFC 252, which takes place this coming weekend. Jordan, one of the things that stood out to me when I watched the fight night, the uh, UFC fight night on ESPN about a month ago, was that some of these fights are aggressive from the start. Some look like two pets who don't quite, or, you know, one dog meeting another dog who doesn't quite know if they like the dog or don't like the dog and kind of just dance around for a couple minutes and kind of don't know what to do and then, you know, get aggressive out of nowhere. Some pin you against the net and the, the whole fight just takes there and, and it's about can you get away and can you then make a positional move. Um, you spent a lot of time the last time you were on the show talking about Tom Thibodeau and, and his defensive moves and, and his setup and how he um, runs his team, runs his defense, and can that translate to a modern NBA. Was some of that strategy, whether you're feeling the person out, whether you're aggressive from the start, whether you go for the neck, whether you, uh, uh, sorry, net, whether you go for something else, was that part of what attracted you to it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a saying, styles make matchups. Um, so you look at the Conor McGregor-Habib fight, which was uh, in 2018. People said that was a very bad styles matchup for Conor. It turned out to be to be correct because Conor is not known for his wrestling, um, and, and Habib is known for specifically being able to take anybody down and not let them get up. So it was a very bad styles matchup for Conor. Uh, if Conor were to fight uh, someone like a Justin Gaethje or a Tony Ferguson, that's a, a, a more uh, a, a better styles matchup for him. You know, they're going to be people that are not going to try to take him down for the most part. They're going to want to throw punches and throw kicks at him and just strike and stand on their feet. And so it's a better styles matchup. So related to basketball, you know, basketball when Tom Thibodeau was coaching the Bulls and the Celtics had a different style than it does now. So he has to adjust the style um, for today's NBA. It's very similar for, for these different fighters. You know, there's. A big fighter fighting on the card this Saturday, Sean O'Malley, who's been, he might be the hottest prospect in the sport, undefeated, um, I think he's 24, 25, um, and he's knocked out everybody. You know, it's, he has one-punch power, a lot, of, a lot of style in what he's doing, but no one's really seen him wrestle yet. So we don't really know how good he actually is. Now, he might be the best striker in the whole sport, not my thing he is, but he, he could be in the running for that conversation, but he might be able to get taken down by a wrestler and not be able to get up. So it's all about the different styles, and, and to Aaron's point earlier, every fight is different. There's so much film on these guys. You know, I think to back to the John Jones versus Cormier 2 fight that happened a couple weeks ago. And the flaw in Cormier that whenever he would, he, he would sometimes duck his head, uh, I believe, to his right, and John Jones said, I'm going to catch you with a kick when you do that, and I'm going to knock you out. And that's exactly what happened. These guys have these small little ticks that they discover, and it's very, very intricate. There was a fight uh, a week or two ago, Darren Till versus uh, Robert Whitaker. There was not a lot of strikes thrown in that fight, but it was an extremely stressful fight because of all the different fakes and all the different subtle movements that these guys um, used in a fight. One of the things that made me appreciate the sport even more was I watched, I watched sometimes um, professionals break down all the subtle movements in a fight. They kind of reenactment, reenact it, and you can really see wow, I didn't realize that his hand placement was there and he was trying to set up another move um, and he had his, his hand on his hip to do X, Y, Z. You know, it, it's incredibly intricate. And I think one of the things that attracts me to the sport in general is it is high-level chess with, chess with the highest stakes you can possibly have. If you make a mistake, you will, it's not like you're giving up a basket. You are getting knocked out 
you are getting submitted, you are being put unconscious. And I think that level of stress is what makes the fight so interesting and so so compelling. Especially when you add in the personalities on top of that, the different storylines that go into the fights. Jeremy, yeah, I mean, this this is a sport where the law of syllogism does not apply. You know, if fighter A beats fighter B and B beats fighter C, it does by no means mean that fighter A can beat fighter C. So as Jordan just said, Sean O'Malley, who tends to favor the stand-up game in the striking, um, a lower-ranked fighter who might exceed at wrestling perhaps could, could beat him more easily or, or give him a tougher test uh, as opposed to that wrestler fa facing someone uh, in his ranking who also exceeds at the grappling game. You know, um, you, you guys are bringing up something interesting and this is going to sound like a really silly question to anybody who's not a UFC fan. So, uh, sorry, sorry for everybody who is a UFC fan. So I apologize in advance, but the reason why I'm asking it and asking it this way is I find this aspect of the sport fascinating from my experience. We know that whenever you win anything by decision, whether it's gymnastics in the Olympics and you gotta go to the judges, figure skating, boxing, UFC, there's going to be ambiguity. It's gonna come down to some controversy versus whether you um, win by you know KO in, in the second round or whatever. But what I'm curious about is, what is more impressive? Is it lasting longer and needing to win by decision? Or is it the KO or the submission or whatever move it may be that ends the fight early? So I'll first go to Aaron. What to you is more impressive? Is it lasting longer? Or is it how somebody wins or loses? This is a fantastic question, and it's very relevant to our main event contest this weekend. Kostipe Miocic um, has a fantastic UFC heavyweight resume. Um, he'll be 38 years old two days after the fight this Saturday, um, and he has the record, believe it or not, at three for the most consecutive heavyweight title defenses in UFC company history. He's also ranked um, the fifth highest rating by any male fighter in the new UFC 4 video game. So he is very highly regarded. I say that, however, a lot of his victories have come in first round or very quick KOs. And someone like him or a Jarzinho Rosenstruck is also competing in this Saturday's card, or another heavyweight in a Francis Ngannou. Having that one punch, that one strike knockout power, still leaves a lot of question marks on the table and also is a big eraser for maybe not being the most well-rounded or most technical or best uh, cardio-enduring athlete. Um, so it's, it's a very subjective question, Jeremy, in terms of what is more impressive, someone who um, can significantly 
win a fight that goes the distance or goes into the deeper waters and later rounds of a contest, as opposed to someone who does not need to go to the judges' scorecards and can win by a finish, submission or striking-wise, before the end of the 15-minute or 25-minute contest. So there really is no right or wrong answer. I tend to lean in favor personally of a fighter who can do it over multiple rounds. Jordan, what's your thoughts on this topic? Yeah, it definitely varies. Um, you know, just lasting, you know, I, to, Aaron mentioned Francis Ngannou who had a fight against another um, fighter, Derek Lewis, and a couple years ago, and they basically didn't do anything for, for three rounds, and the fight ended, and that's, so, that's not impressive to me. Um, they didn't. They were both very hesitant. They both have a lot of power, um, and and you know, not a lot of ha happened in that fight. To me, it's the pace you can keep up. So just making it the to get to the decision is not impressive. It's the pace with which you fought for those rounds. Um, I think to like Justin Gaethje's fight against Ferguson, sorry Ferguson, back in May, he had, he kept a tremendous pace for the fight ended. I think with a, a, maybe two two minutes or so left in the fifth round, and he kept a great pace the entire fight. To me, that's very impressive. When you think of someone like Conor McGregor's rise, he finished everybody for the most part, um, all the way up to, to winning the fight in, I think it was seven seconds or nine seconds against, against Jose Aldo to win the belt. Um, you know, he, that, that power cap carried him all the way. If he, if he was winning by decision in all those fights, he would not be the star he is today, in my opinion. Um, so it's very important for to build star and to build legacy to be able to, to finish somebody. Now, Conor kind of got exposed a little bit as his career went on as someone that doesn't have the best cardio. Um, and that's partially because his style is so explosive, and um, and some people just genetically don't have don't have can't can't carry it for that long. So um, you know, it's 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 an interesting question. There is no right answer, but um, if I were to if I were to have one skill, if I were to build a fighter with one skill, um, you know, power is an interesting one to, to consider at the top of the top of the, the list there. Um, or maybe maybe it's endurance. That, that, I guess that's kind of the. The question you're asking, it's really difficult to say, I guess, it's the way with, it, with which you utilize those skills. We're talking to Jordan and Aaron Brickman about UFC and UFC 252. One question before we get to, or sorry, one more question before we get to UFC 252. Aaron, in your time watching and being a fan of UFC, so this goes back to what you said about 2005? Well, 2005 was the debut of the first season of the Ultimate Fighter reality TV show. I really became uh, a fan in 2007. Okay, so in, in the 13 years uh, you've been a fan, did you ever expect something called Fight Island to have to be developed <laughs> and for Dana White to be able to do what he's done to keep the sport afloat in these crazy times? I tell you, Dana White is someone who is very... Um, persistent and is willing to go any means for the sake of his company uh, and the health of the sport um, especially now or during the pandemic there's now we have uh, professional hockey uh, basketball and baseball thankfully back in our lives but for a good couple of months there the only professional sport uh, that was on TV was UFC. There were no other MMA organizations, really, at least in North America, that are broadcasting themselves. And UFC is a international 
organization. Many of the champions, even the current champions, are not based in the U.S. or North America. They're in from Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, throughout Europe, Africa. Um, so, hey, I was happy to see some more fights. They had their first few fights. Um, one was just in May in Jacksonville, Florida. Then they had several more fights uh, in May and June at their facility in Las Vegas at the UFC Apex uh, before having a string of, of, I think it was four fights um, in Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi at this Fight Island uh, last month in July. So did I, did I foresee this happening um, over a decade ago? Probably not. Um, but in this current state, knowing the means and resources of the UFC, it by no means does surprise me. Jordan, do we need to create Fight Island so that baseball can have some playoffs? <laughs> we just need a bubble. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. That's, it, that's all Fight Island is, just a bubble that's in the middle, in the middle of, the, of the world versus... Um, you know where where America is it allows for, for for the international fighters to get there easy. It's very it's very safe uh, compared to other countries right now. There was there's basically no cases. I think there was no cases in the um, at Fight Island the entire time they were there. Any case that that happened was someone that uh, brought it in and didn't spread at all because they followed protocol. So uh, it was a job well done by UFC. Yeah, it's amazing, and and I'm I'm with you. Baseball needs to go to a bubble for the postseason because I don't think they can make it to the postseason if. Or, sorry, I can. I, I don't think they can make it through the postseason if they don't. Um, talking to Jordan Brickman uh, and his uh, brother Aaron Brickman here on teeing it up about UFC 252. They moved back to Vegas for. I will get this right. Uh, uh, Stipe Miracic and Daniel Cormier, uh, a fight for the UFC heavyweight championship. Um, take this wherever you want. We'll start with Aaron. Uh, what intrigues you about this matchup? And uh, this is, you know, this is the rematch. Um, this is, you know, um, it, this is the the rubber match after uh, UFC 226 went to Cormier and UFC 241 went to uh, Miracic. So, uh, how, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, this is a very intriguing trilogy fight, and in a lot of fans' eyes, the winner of this is, will very well be viewed as not only the best UFC heavyweight, but perhaps the greatest MMA heavyweight of all time. You have, as you said, uh, the champion in Stipe, 19-3-0, coming in against Daniel Corman, a more contender, 22-2-0 uh, one no contest, 15-1 at heavyweight, uh, with that only one loss, that sole loss, against Stipe uh, last August in California. Um, a, a big point here is that as opposed to being in a traditional hockey or NBA arena or even on Fire Island. They this fight will be taking place at the UFC Apex. And all events at the UFC Apex has been using a slightly smaller diameter cage. 
as opposed to the 30 feet cage, it's 25 feet in diameter, which tends to favor the more offensively aggressive fighter, particularly grapplers. While Stipe is no slouch when it comes to wrestling and grappling, DC Daniel Cormier is a two-time U.S. Olympian in the 2004 and 2008 games. He came in fourth in 2004 and was team captain in 2008 and is arguably one of the best, if not, and worst case, maybe the top three um, greatest wrestlers in MMA history. Um, the sports books have this essentially as a pick'em. I'm seeing on some books Cormier as a very slight minus 115 betting favorite. Um, I love Daniel Cormier. I think he's great for the sport, great personality, um, very entertaining fighter, very well-rounded, has great boxing, um, BJJ and wrestling, of course. Steve Bay is very tough, has, as I said before, knockout power, tends to be rather durable, and for heavyweights, has pretty good endurance. Um, so I see this going in the challenger's favor, Daniel Cormier. This will be his last professional MMA fight ever. He said he will retire before he turns 40 years old. He turned 41 this past March, um, simply because he wants to end his career as champion and by defeating Stipe Miocic, he wants to be known across the board as the best ever UFC heavyweight or heavyweight perhaps in the sports history as I mentioned. He's only had nine fights at light heavyweight, all nine in the UFC. The only reason he dropped down from heavyweight to light heavyweight is because his training partner, Cain Velasquez, was a staple in the heavyweight division when he entered the UFC several years ago. Um, so this is a very high-level fight. Uh, the highest of high stakes in terms of their resume and legacy. legacy. I can see it going anyway. I do not think the fight will be ending early, so do pack a snack for this one. I do see it going into the third and maybe the fourth and fifth rounds. But I do see in the end Cormier's hand being raised. Uh, Jordan? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm on team Cormier here. Um, just as far, as far as the stakes, Aaron, Aaron did a pretty good job laying it out there. Definitely seems to be the, the whoever wins will be considered the greatest heavyweight uh, UFC MMA fighter of all time. Um, it, you know, it, grudge matches are always fun when they beat both these guys have knocked each other out. When that happens, you know they're, they're both going to have full respect for each other. They're both going to put their all into the training camp. You know, the last fight, uh, Cormier won the first one, and then going into the second fight, Stipe looked kind of. Um, unconfident for maybe a round and a half or two rounds or so, and then he started to gain his confidence, and once he got that confidence, um, he took over and, and, and beat Cormier, and Cormier was kind of tired and gassed out a little bit in that fight, so I'll be curious to see, does Stipe carry that confidence over to the full fight here, has Cormier really worked on his cardio, um, Cormier has talked about, you know, he's going he's gonna to wrestle him, bring him to the ground, kind of beat him up down there, um, it's, 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 it's a great fight. Um, there's a chance that Stipe also retires. That's something that people have speculated. You know, he's had some injuries. He's 38 years old. 
you know, I'll be curious to see either win or lose what, what he does. It could be a retirement fight for both guys and it could just be time for, for some new faces in the heavyweight division. So a lot, lot at stake. Um, it should be a fun fight for the fans, some of the biggest names in the sport. And who doesn't like seeing heavyweights kind of throw down with each other. So so it should be a good one. All right, we're going to do a lightning round here um, where in the spirit of UFC 252, I'm going to give each of you 25 seconds. I'm not going to time it exactly, but, you know, just mentally have that in your head. Uh, 25 seconds. What other fight on this card, on this night, whether it's the prelims or the main card, intrigues you? And why? We will start with Aaron. So I know what Jordan's going to say, so I'll leave the, that name and that fight up to the, to the floor with him, with him. But I will give you the, it, it's a free fight. It is the headlining bout on the prelims. Uh, UFC veteran Jim Miller, I believe, has the most, if not one of the most, fights in company history against Vince Pichel. It's, it's a great lightweight bout. Uh, Jim Miller, a New Jersey native, so local to the Northeast, um, that should be a great scrap. So if you're not going to order the pay-per-view on ESPN+, Plus, do tune in for the prelims on ESPN, and do look for that uh, prelim main event at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, Jim Miller versus Vince Pichel. How well does Aaron know his brother? The fight you are going to say Jordan is? Well, now I kind of don't want to say it because he, now he thinks he's all predictable and can like, guess what I'm going to say. But it's, Sean, it's the Sean O'Malley fight, which is which is what I said earlier. Um, Sean, Sean, Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. Um, again, like I said earlier, O'Malley is, is potentially the hottest prospect in the sport. He's got rainbow, rainbow braids that he wears. Um, got a, kind of a very flashy style. Last fight he had, he knocked out a guy who'd only been knocked out once in like 50 fights in his career and hit him with one punch and then walked away as if nothing had happened. Got a lot of kind of style to him. If he wins this fight, you know, we'll see him probably. He's ranked already. We'll see him probably fight potentially top 10 or top 12 fighter after that. And he's had a very similar resume to this point in his career to Connor. Um, similar to Connor's rise, very similar style, way he knocks people out, talks a lot, talks, talks really well. So, um, that's the fight I'm, I'm gonna. I want to make sure everyone's keeping an eye on because O'Malley is a big time prospect, moving up the ranks very quickly. You know, inside the MMA circle, he's he's really popular. But I, I want to make sure people that are not you know following as closely or just kind of tuning in to watch a Cormier Stipe trilogy uh, are aware of him and, and what he's about, hopefully about to do again this Saturday. Finally, every guest who comes on Teeing It Up for the first time gets asked a random question. They have no idea what it is. It's not personal. That's the only promise that I make, but it is a question that they don't see coming. Aaron, are you ready for your question? I don't know. I'm a little nervous now, but go ahead. Don't be nervous. Don't don't be nervous. This is more of a trivia one, which is Jordan knows. It's usually not the route that I go with these. Um, Joe Rogan is known for a lot of things. Uh, one of them is as host of Fear Factor from 01 to 06 on NBC. That show was revived in for a second time in 2017 um, and lasted for two seasons on MTV. Do you know who the host of that was? I'm trying to picture someone else hosting Fear Factor. Um, I do not know this one. 
Jordan, do you know this one? I'm gonna, I don't, but I'm going to guess. Is it Wayne Brady? No, it's Ludacris. Oh. I guess that makes sense. His name goes uh, with yes. it. But I don't believe... Was it on NBC? Or was uh, it on like MTV or something? That was on MTV. It was... It lasted yeah, from... I remember this, yeah. Yeah, it lasted from 01 to 06 on, on NBC. was briefly revived in 2011, then got canceled in 2012, and then revived for the second time in 2017 with Luda as host on MTV and this is an opportunity for me to remind everybody out there if you have not go on your streaming platform and uh, please stream subscribe uh, well subscribe to the Praise Beats uh, feed because there will be a new song every month but please listen to Wait Praise's new single you will enjoy it and that was the tie in the hip hop tie in between you Aaron with Joe Rogan UFC Jordan his love of hip hop Praise and I got to squeeze in another promo for weight. Very nice. Well, well done. That is it. Well, um, I never thought we would do this podcast, but we did it, and I enjoyed it. And who knows? We might do this again. <laughs> you never know where this will lead. So, Aaron Brickman, welcome to the Teeing It Up family, and thank you for coming on thank the show. You. My pleasure. And Jordan, thank you for introducing me to Aaron, who told me he listened to the show, which was very nice of him. And uh, 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 thanks. That kind of gave us the idea for maybe doing this. So thank you, Jordan, as always. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, my pleasure. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Subscribe, rate, review, preferably five stars. And if you leave a review, maybe I'll send you a DVD of Fear Factor if if those exist out there. Uh, take care, everybody. Enjoy the uh, UFC 252 Saturday on ESPN+.